We're better friends and lovers And if I had a chance I'd do it all over Forever the Sickest Kids Crossroads. Josh, we were just talking off air about Forever the Sickest Kids, and I'm surprised that you're another person that likes this band. Yes, yes. Big, big, me and my buddy Peter were big Forever the Sickest Kids fans. The thing about them is if you go back, which I have been doing, as uh-huh. I said on the previous show, um, if you go back and look at that band, they were, you could tell why they never got bigger than they were because they were not even like, they didn't dress and market themselves for like teenagers. Uh-huh. That was legit like Disney scene core. <laughs> like it was, it was that like kitty. But I love their songs because they wrote such like good pop songs. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were super scene, super sceney. Uh, like I saw them at Warp Tour and, you know, they were. You know, the, the the black hair on their face and the purple shirt, the pink shirt. They wore it as like hot topic, you know, head to toe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but they put on a good show. But I love the scene era. There were just yeah. some bands that were like way too like little kid, like middle school sceney. Yeah. And then there were the scene bands like, you know, the millionaires who were like way over the top and, and had a lot of like fun with it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, more of the edgy style. Yeah. Um, what was that band? That was like, they played, they had that song called 17, I forgot what they're, with Miley Cyrus's co- cousin or brother. You, oh, you're thinking Metro Station. Metro Station, dude. They were, they were more for like just straight, like teeny, like girls, like seven, they have a song called 17 about hooking up with like a 17 year old. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than like, okay, so you might argue me on this, but Ringo Starr, his biggest 16. like solo song is about <laughs> yeah. hooking up with a 16 year old, yeah, and, it, and he put that out, that out when he was a grown man. Yeah, so that's did. weird. He did, dude. It's like that whole thing with the lead singer from Brand New, like two years ago, that he got, you know, he kind of got canceled or whatever. Oh, he didn't kind of get canceled. He he's, got canceled. He's like a child molester. But yeah. Oh, but was it like because of the girls in the like in the band, or was there any like was there's no like child pornography or anything in that, right? There, he was having sex with underage girls. Straight up, yeah. Now, if 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 people did what they did in their like the seventies, eighties, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot more people oh, would be canceled. No, the like a lot of those like people, everybody, <laughs> a lot of those people have been retroactively canceled. Like, dude, like go back and look at some of the stuff that people are, were getting away with. Like Ted Nugent went and got a a family. I think this was. I think it was a, a like Hawaii. Uh, family or somewhere from like one of those smaller islands uh-huh. and got them to sign custody of their like 
13-year-old daughter over to him so he could bring her with him. Yo, that's wild. That was, like, something that he did in the 80s, bro. Dude, like, these, these people were, like, fucking disasters. Yes, not saying they're all disasters, but there was some, you know, so many people, I'm sure so many famous people have been sweating for the past couple of years. Just, like, Yeah, and if you do that, that you should have. You know, uh, one that surprisingly has not come up, because he wrote about it in his book, is Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers. He wrote in his book, uh, which is... Uh, for rock and roll, like autobiographies, um, really interesting read. Like the guy is well spoken and well written, so it's a good book. But whether he, you like the Chili Peppers or not, yeah, yeah. But he talks about basically doing something similar, where he like basically took like a sixteen-year-old girl on the road with him. So back to Warp Tour. <laughs> oh, oh, you're telling me. I know my girl for for a fact. She was at Warp Tour backstage, and you know she told yeah. me every every. Everybody's standing outside of their vans trying to get the young girls to get in the van. A lot of those guys were over 21. I think a lot of, I would say most of the girls that I have dated throughout the years have done that too. Yep. And you hear some really crazy stories. I, I'm not going to say the person's name Same. in case she listens, <laughs> but there is somebody who's a uh, ex of mine slash very close friend of mine who was at this time, she was probably like 19 or 20. And she told me this story about being uh, backstage with Hollywood Undead. And she was, like, making out with one of the dudes from Hollywood Undead. And for whatever reason, she said it clicked in her brain that when he asked how old she was, she paused for a second and said 18. And she was, like, either 19 or 20. But in her, she, like, she was like, I don't know what happened. It just, like, I paused in that moment and said that. And he was like, you got to go. Because he didn't believe her that she was 18. And I was like, hey, shout out to Hollywood Undead for good holding for that down. You. Because I would have not expected that. 18? You're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're 18? But he was like even questioning because she like paused when she yeah, said yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he was like, ah, no, 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 you got to go. Yeah. And I was like, hey, that, that shows me that whether you like the band or not, that was a real move. Yo, just like getting into my concert. You want to come to my concert? You got to show ID at the front. You know? Yeah. Yeah. CID. Exactly. But um, the other thing that I'll do, and Josh doesn't even know this yet because this is breaking news, but it's also funny breaking news and it's bougie breaking news. Uh -oh. I got to tell the people we will not be with them next week. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. The reason being, Josh knows from when we were training this morning, um, I'm supposed to travel out of the country. And I found out that I, I didn't realize because it had been all of the COVID era that I hadn't been going out of the country. My passport expired. So today I was trying to figure out, okay, I got to get a rush passport um, put through. So I call the U.S. government, um, the division that oversees all of our passports. And I was like, hey, I need to get an expedited passport. It's a whole process. And they were like, okay. There's only uh, one appointment before you're supposed to travel, and it's in Honolulu. So I have to fly to Hawaii the day that we would be recording the show. Josh, no way. To go get a passport so I can go on my, my trip. Wow. <laughs> Are you going to enjoy Hawaii a little bit? I th yeah, I, I think so. Like, since I'm going to be there, then I was like, I might as well stay a couple days and then come back and then fly out of the country on my actual trip. So, uh, but yeah, uh, 
we generally record on Thursdays, and so this coming Thursday, I have to fly to Hawaii. Enjoy, bro. It's gonna be a good fucking time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's like, it sucks because it's stressful to just have to like go there and then come back and pack for my other actual trip and go. Um, but I was like, hey, you know, the champagne problems, right? Yeah, you got a lot of flying coming up, Josh. Yes, I do. I got a lot of travel on the on on the way, so we'll have to figure out how we connect to do the show once I'm. Uh, once I'm hitting the road again, but I'm stoked about it. I love being on the road, so it's going to be fun times. But I'm going to throw us to break and uh, and bring us right back to uh, get into some sports topics. Josh, have you heard the the new State Champs song? Uh, after you mentioned that you were going to play them today, I checked out. I was listening to their album today. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, State Champs uh, put out a new track, and this was a band that was always like to me, kind of like hit or miss. You know, I liked their first project a lot, um, and then they had some cool music, but I always say that this was one of those bands that, to me, had a good sound, but not, like, good songs. Yeah. But they just dropped this track with uh, with Ben Barlow that I really like a lot. It's called Everybody But You. So I'm going to throw us to that, and we'll be right back with you on Uncultured. Singing party league. 
I just cried into a shirt I could never afford last year. My Drake problems, my fake problems, but it's really how I'm feeling here. I guess at least my work is working right. I think people like me better when I'm hurt inside. They say it's not true and they hope I'm alright, but the eyes probably rolled at the first line. Boy, I want cool shirts, I like cool rings. I want a big house, but I'm hiding. I think I'm halfway there, but my heart feels off. So what's the point of being great? Cultured. That was uh, Water Parks, Loki as hell. Um, back with you and Josh. Let's uh, let's jump into some sports talk because we got a few things to cover. So first of all, I have to ask you about the incredible uh, call blowing ending of the Bucks versus the Heat because that game they've just been looping that on on all of the sports shows uh, because that was a bullshit call and it cost your guys the game. So break that down for the people. You know, like I told you earlier today, it was a bullshit call. There, there was a jump ball situation. Oh, wait, was that before the jump ball? No, the, the bullshit call that was, was the jump that, ball. That was the jump ball. Yeah. The, the reason for the jump ball. Yeah. yeah so there, there was a jump ball at the end of the game. The Heat have no timeouts. And Jimmy Butler... It was a, we had to throw the ball in out of bounds, but we had no timeouts, so we had to spread the floor. Uh, They threw it to Jimmy a little bit high. Jimmy jumped up, grabbed it, came down with it, but also Giannis came down on top of him, and he fell to the ground because Giannis just fell on him. And And then they fucking gave it a jump ball. Yeah, and if you look at the video, like... It was Giannis, and I forget who the other Bucks player was, but they so literally— Portis? I think it was Portis. It might have been Portis. Yeah, two tall guys. But literally had their hands, like, on Jimmy's chest. Dude, and I'm like, that Gian- is not a jump ball. And Giannis came over him, fell on top of him, and then they get—obviously, it's Giannis, and it's like there was, like, eight seconds left in the game, and it was, a, you know, the heat, it was supposed to be a heat ball, but then they gave it to the fucking—to the Bucks, and, of course, Giannis is going to win a jump ball with, with Jimmy, so— and then literally Drew Holiday, what, just dribbles up, fucking layup, ties the game, and then, like, ah, it's fucking bullshit, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, 
Drew Holiday is not the the guy you want taking that last shot yeah. and put them ahead. Also, that little like, shoulder he dropped into into my dude sent him flying too. Yeah, you know, you know what? I give that call, uh, that non-call, like a little more grace because we see that kind of move sure. all the time, and mm-hmm. that in those kind of clutch situations, and Gabe's the refs, a smaller guy, so. the the refs won't call a lot of those. But the the jump ball thing, that was the one where I was like, "What are you guys? How? What game are you watching that you're calling that a jump ball?" That's insane. He literally fell on top of the guy. The guy had no choice. What 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 do you want him to do? Roll around on the fucking ground? Like he had no choice but to hold the ball. How? And we had no timeouts. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. It was obviously in Milwaukee, so I felt like they were kind of favoring them. I told you towards the end of the game, it was getting a little dicey, and yeah. things started didn't start going their way. You know what pissed me off about that Drew Drew Holloway. Uh, holiday play also that shit was a cag bro he, that was a cag dude he did a layup from like a mile away and bam yeah. went bam went straight up and it somehow just missed him and w- hit banked it in and i was like dude yeah it was ridiculous like yeah. i i give him props for making that yeah um because even with i, I think there was like a a, a second like 1.9 seconds left yeah. in the game yeah even with that sh- that happening you still mm. don't think that he's going to make that shot Correct. and he did sink the shot so Correct. for that you got to give him the props and for then we, but the and call then we had no to give them the ball was bullshit nuts but also the sad part about the whole game was Tyler Hero with like a huge 30 point game but he he's the reason that they kind of lost he's the one who turned that did that crucial turnover that started this whole little thing before the jump ball yeah and that sucks for him cuz he you were saying this earlier but like he was having a an amazing night. Off. Highest scoring player in the game. Uh, he had 30. Giannis off had 28. Bench. Yeah. Off the bench. Yeah. Over over everybody. And dude. then just that one moment. So you know he's probably feeling that. Yeah. Jimmy wrote. Jimmy had a terrible game. He was two for like 13 or 15 or something like that. It was terrible. He had he had one of his worst games ever. And he just wrote on Twitter after pain. Yeah. That's all you can say about that. That's perfect. But they are still number one in the East. We are. <laughs> and we play fucking Durant coming back to. Today. Yeah. So that that's going to be interesting. We were talking about how it's going to, that's the team that really you got to watch and see what they're going to do. That's it. Um, so we'll see what, what KD looks like back. Um, and the other team that we'll talk about it for, from the East is uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Coming up, climbing the ladder. We're looking really good. Currently number three in the East. Um, James Harden is fitting in quite nicely so far. And uh, I'll be the first to say this because I said it whenever the trade happened that I didn't love how much they gave up to bring him in, mm-hmm. but he's fitting in and they're, they're winning. They're undefeated since he's, he's joined the team. Uh, 28 points per game, 14 assists, nine rebounds. So he's almost averaging a triple double since he came into Philly. He's back. Yeah. He looks really good. And Tyrese Maxey looking Shoot. great. Shoot. The whole team's looking great, man. Yeah, they're they're really fun. And but the thing that I wanted to point out because we've talked about this uh last season with your team, the second that or actually probably at the beginning of this season too. The second that the Heat were like looking really good, all the media were saying, "Oh, uh, you know, you got to you can't really like think that they're the best team in the in the east. Yeah. You can't you got to you got to remember they got to play all these other teams blah 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 blah. The first thing that started coming out, I saw headlines on ESPN saying, "Don't uh get caught up in the honeymoon phase of James Harden and the Sixers." And I'm like, "What are you guys doing? Like, why can't you let my guy shine for a minute?" Like, yeah, dude. I hate that. There's no signs of like like it's new, everybody's healthy. On that team, for the most part, like, 
they, they, they seem fine. They don't, there's no, they just need to keep playing. Like there's no, you know, I don't see anything coming. Like no one's kind of injured or there's no problems with their team. Like everything seems fine. Yeah. There should be no reason they derail. Exactly. That's what I think about it. And so when I started seeing those articles, literally the first thing I thought was whenever the heat came out on their hot start, you know, because mm-hmm. they said it about your guys too. Um, but then in the West, Suns are cruising still. Um, I'm surprised to say this, but after like after that kind of back and forth with the Warriors and the Suns, Warriors have drifted back a little bit mm-hmm. and are currently tied with the Grizzlies for second in the in the West, which is incredible. John Morant's having John Morant so far would be the MVP of the season. Can you believe it? Insane. Can you believe it? Already an MVP candidate. He to me he's the MVP. He's the only you know how I know he's the MVP? He's the only non heat player I post about on my story. And like a true difference maker. That team without him would be nowhere where they He's are. He's a rock star. Yeah. I told you the only, I'm not worried about the Suns. I'm not worried about the Warriors, mainly because we beat them two, like the two times we played, or the two times we played those two teams. But the Grizzlies, they're the team that scare me the most. I think they're the biggest dark horse in this NBA season. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like a really breakout defining moment where John Morant is showing that he is going to be a superstar in the league. And you have to wonder if it's going to go like the the Joe Burrows route, you know, and have this like complete revolution around the team. Obviously, Burrows um, didn't didn't pull it off in his first Super Bowl appearance, but getting that team there, being as good as he is, you know that that dude is just made out for it. And that's what we're seeing from Ja. Yeah, and the Bengals were good, but, you know, they, they're they're not as good as this Grizzlies team. This, you know, Burroughs did a big, did a big, great job, tough job. But, yeah, Ja, man, is a superstar. He checks all the boxes, Josh. Yeah, yeah, all 100%. the boxes. Let's, let's jump into combat sports. Um, first things first, I want to uh, send a, our sincerest condolences to my good buddy, uh, Daniel Cormier, who lost his mother, um, Audrey, Mama Cormier, I've met her oh, no. a bunch of times because, you know, that's like that's like his rock. And she's been at a, a bunch of events with him um, and just like the sweetest lady. And he just lost his father not too long ago. So this is a pretty, pretty tough time for him. So I just want to start out by saying, you know, hearts out to D.C. Yeah, man. D.C. is one of the best to ever do it. One of the nicest guys in the sport. So it's just it's just tough. So I wanted to start out there. But um, second, second, technically, this is going to be old news by the time people hear it. Uh, but UFC 272 going down this weekend. What do you think about Moicano stepping in against RDA last minute? You know, I think it's a smart move. I think it's a smart move. Uh, do you think he takes it? I don't know. It's the last minute. I, that's what I wonder. I wonder how much he's training. They d- agreed on a catch weight. So uh, Rafael Fiziev uh, tested positive for COVID nineteen. Moicano steps in on a couple days' notice uh, to do a catch weight bout at one sixty. And that's my question: Like, has he been training? How ready is he for this? Because this is a, a good fight for him. And I could see him winning if he's, like, in shape and ready to go. That's it. But the thing with RDA is, like, RDA is always in shape and ready to go. He's mm-hmm. just, like, older now. So yeah. it's, like, RDA was preparing to, you know, shut down kind of the rising star of the division and is definitely going to be prepared. Is Moicano prepared? Yo, he might, man. He might He might do it. I mean, that's a, it's a good – I think it's a good shot. Which yeah. is the reason why he did it. The thing about him is there are certain guys that when they step in on this last-minute thing, they are like, 
consummate professionals and they stay in the gym a lot. And now you're coming in with no pressure and you can just like let it go and, and go in there and see how you do. And if you lose, hey, I, I stepped in on what, four days or whatever. So it's, it's an interesting fight for him. And if he wins, it's a big payoff. And it worked for Masvidal. And what did it do? It shot him up. The other thing that I think is interesting here is Islam Makachev. Because Makachev made very quick work of Bobby Green, which we assumed would happen. Yes. But took no damage. And then uh, whenever Fiziev tested positive and they said they were looking for a replacement, he has a history of banter with RDA on social media. Like they've been like beefing with each other. Makachev tweets out, that he wants the fight, but he'll do it at 170. And RDA tweets out, okay, bet. Like, let's do it. The UFC offers the fight officially, and Makachev turns it down. So RDA tweets, I called his bluff and he folded. Let's move on. What do you think of this? I have two thoughts of how this could have played out, but I want, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the floor first. I think... Someone in his team stopped that from from happening. So he, he doesn't need it. Well, so that's actually that's a good point. So we'll say there's three options. Here. Yeah, because he's he's fighting no, for the belt next. Number one is maybe it's not the the safest fight to step in on when you know you got the title shot. Yes, you don't want to risk that. Mm -hmm. But two other things here. Well, I, okay, the other the other major one that I think is at work here is. Do you think that Ali, who is his manager and is known to tweet for his guys, mm -hmm. do you think Ali tweeted this to just like keep the drama machine going? And then when they tried to act, when RDA said, "Yeah, I'll take the fight," they were like, "Oh no, like we're not taking the fight. We're just trying to like keep Talk the shit, hype going." Keep the hype going. You know what? Maybe, dude, because some, for some reason, Makachev doesn't strike me as a social media guy. That's what I was thinking, too. He doesn't really strike me as being a, a shit talker on social media. Yeah. But we know that Ali has tweeted for his guys before, yeah. and Ali's, like, good at that. Like, to me, that is something that a, I give him props for because I'm like, if, if I got a fighter who is a good fighter but isn't a great shit talker, mm -hmm. well, let me talk the shit for you on Twitter. Yeah. So we'll get you in the headlines and get the buzz going, you and then buzz. you just go in and be the killer. You yeah, know? you need buzz. You, you, you're right. I didn't even think about that. That's actually pretty interesting. And I would see it in this case because he's so foreign that he doesn't understand, like, our, you know, our. I just feel like this isn't his wheelhouse. And in this day and age, ever since Conor McGregor, uh, you have to have a personality now to go big. Exactly. Exactly. The days are long gone of just showing up and fighting. Mm -hmm. And, like, we've seen guys like Leon Edwards be very negatively impacted by this because Leon should have fought for a world title <laughs> years ago at years this point. Ago. And just, like, wasn't interesting to the fans and couldn't keep the, the, the relevance going around himself after fights. So, you know, I... I think that if I was uh, if I was Ali and I was managing fighters that weren't good with English and weren't like out there that way, I would be doing it for them. So I think that's the other option to consider here. But you know, I would have preferred to see Makachev step in right after he beats Bobby Green, beat RDA, then do the title shot. Like that's a cool story. Yeah. But I could also see not blowing your title shot. 
Josh, that man's not going to lose for a while, dude. So in a way, yeah, why not just have another win well, under my belt? Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, I no disrespect to RDA, but I would have expected Makachev to beat him. <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> I don't see him losing to anybody. Dude. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the other thing that I wanted to, to mention here is it looks like from some insider sources that Kayla Harrison is staying in the PFL. Hey. So after Amanda lost, it the UFC kind of lost interest because mm-hmm. that's like already a really thin division to try to, to build out. And now the, the storyline of the female goat versus the kind of like rising star is no more. You're going to mm-hmm. do the Juliana fight. We already know that's coming. They're doing mm-hmm. tough together. Um, and then what had, what had come out was that Bellator was making a big play for her. Uh, but we're hearing, I'm hearing, uh, that the offer was matched, and so she's going to stay in PFL. Now, the other twist of this is we just found out through uh, Ariel Hawani's research that Cyborg is due to have her contract expire in the summer. It doesn't make a ton of sense for Bellator to resign her because there's nothing left for her to do in Bellator. Correct, so you think... You think the PFL takes Cyborg and they do that fight over there? Yeah, but would I think Cyborg will do it at this point in her career? She'll do it for the money. She knows she's gonna lose. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think Cyborg is the favorite in that fight. But you know what? I don't know because Kayla Harrison has struggled with a lot lesser MMA fighters true, than Cyborg. True. So who knows? Who knows? It's a dangerous fight for her. If she was going to fight Cyborg or Amanda, those are both very dangerous fights. But in fighting Cyborg, she's not fighting a teammate. Yeah, that's a really good um, deal by PFL to keep her. Match her. Pay her. Only star they have. Pay her. Yeah. Because if you get the Cyborg deal to happen, it it pays for itself. Yeah. It's a it's a that's a big fight for them to do. but and like that is their star. Like all respect to everybody who fights over in that organization. But like the only people that the on the only person on their roster that the casuals know is Kayla. So uh, that was I, I think pretty important for them to to keep her and lock her down. So her next few fights will at least be in PFL. The other topic here um, before we get to like the weighty topic is. I want to ask you an opinion on this, and I'm going to start by saying, can fighters please stop saying that they're going to retire when we know that they aren't? (laughs) Tyson Fury was on Ariel Hawani's show this week, and he was promoting uh, the April 26th fight with Dylan White, and he had the following to say, this is the final countdown of the Gypsy King. This is my retirement fight. 100,000 people at Wembley, all British world title fight. This is it, going out on a high, retiring on top, never to lose a fight, to go down as only the second heavyweight in history to retire unbeaten, me and Rocky Marciano. Sounds really good, right? Yeah. However, moments later, he starts talking about fighting Francis Ngannou. I don't count that as a real boxing fight, but it's going to be a really special fight, I'll tell you that, in Las Vegas at the Raiders Stadium. I will have retired from competitive boxing, so I won't be the WBC heavyweight champion anymore, but I will still be the lineal heavyweight champion because they can't take that away from me. You cannot say, I'm going to retire, and this is my last fight, and 
oh, yeah, this probably later this year I'm going to have this other fight, but I don't count that one. You can't say that. You can. You can't. I think you're, you can. You're fighting again. It doesn't matter if, if you're fighting under the WBC banner to me. Uh-huh. The, and this is why I was going to ask you the question. Mm-hmm. Who is the worst offender of this, fighters or musicians? Because KISS has been every retire, every tour since 99 has, been the, has been the retirement tour. And they even say now, oh, yeah, well, who says that Gene and Paul have to be in the band? If, if the band is out on the road and yeah. everybody is painted up like the band, mm-hmm. KISS continues. Mm-hmm. You can't say... Uh, this is my retirement fight. This is going to be the last fight of my career. Yes. And then, like, I'll see you guys again in October in Las Vegas. So, well, yes, you're correct. Because, you know, I went to Elton John's farewell tour three years ago. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to see him later this year. Yeah. Again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like when Elton John, a long time on, on Princess Diana's, uh, when Princess Diana died, he's like, this is the only time and last time I'm ever going to sing Candle in the Wind. Guess what? We've heard Count on the Wind yeah, thousands of times. Exactly. So what he means is he's retiring from the sport of boxing. I know he'll be sparring, he'll be fighting Francis Ngannou, but he'll see it more. Like this can't affect his record because Ngannou hasn't gone through the ranks of boxing. And that's what, he's, that's what he means by that. I know you're saying he's still going to box, but he means like I'm going to go on like Triller and get paid like some, 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 side, some side money. But you're still... Fighting again. Yes, but he's retiring from boxing, not from fighting. I don't care. You can't tell me I'm retiring, but I'm going to fight again later this year. Yeah, but he's not fighting a boxer. It doesn't matter. He's going to box him. Yeah, but if he fights Logan Paul, is that going to be a fight? It's not going to be a real fight. It's like a a little He's going to box him. I know, but it's not under the umbrella of boxing. It's a boxing match. I know. <laughs> it's you. I get what you're saying. He but knows. That's, he's, but he, that's where I am. I'm saying no. Yes. That, okay. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because you can say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not fighting in the WBC. Yeah. I'm not the WBC champion anymore. Yeah. You're still fighting in a fucking boxing match. But his in his mindset, he's also protect. He's protecting himself. He's also like, you know, I'm going to I'm done from the sport of boxing. I'm retired from boxing. I'm going to box again. But uh, I'm not planning on really training that hard. I'm going to like drink a lot of beer and do the gypsy things that I love to do. And, and then I'm going to fight you. And if I get pummeled, if I get that and KO here's punch, the thing. Ah, it doesn't affect my boxing record. It doesn't affect your boxing record. But here's the thing that he needs to be thinking about. If he goes out and gets smoked by Francis, which yeah. we all know Francis has the power in his hands to do. Correct. That does affect his legacy. Yeah. To be honest, though, I don't think... I don't think Francis touches him, bro. Even with even with him, even with him. You know what? You know what? Sorry. I take that back. Yeah, I was about to be like, no, no, no. come on. Dude. No, no, no. I'm actually You can't be too You're you can't I know you're boxing heavy no, no, and no, I respect no, that. No, but I'm but, I'm I'm continuing what you were saying. I, I was I was going to take it back what I said, but I'm actually not taking it back because yo, I think Deontay Wilder pummels Ngannou. Pummels him. I don't See, think I don't, I don't think, agree. I don't think Ngannou I don't think he I don't think he hits as good as as I don't think he hits as good as his hands are not as good as Deontay Wilder's hands. I don't and know. I don't like Deontay Wilder. You know that, but Deontay Wilder is a you know he was I, a brink he was a brink truck with speed. And even though he was you know Fury's faster, Engano doesn't touch Fury. I think that I and here's where I disagree with you. Mm-hmm. I think that obviously like 
Deontay Wilder is a better boxer. Mm-hmm. People act like whenever this is this is my big problem. People act like that MMA guys have no idea what to do and are just gonna get like stepped around. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's just not factual. Whenever we see these guys box, they box. Are they are they great boxers? No. I but, disagree. Look at Tyron. It's a perfect example. Yeah, but that that's a that I know, is I know, a whole other I know thing. it's different, but it's still but it's not in a way. Because you we all thought this motherfucker was a UFC champ. Because but here's the thing. Mm. We and this is where I have to be I'm gonna always like be respectful because Tyron is my friend. Of course. But the other thing that I'm gonna say to you is we talked about this all the way through him going into that fight and I was the one telling you because you were like, well, he's finally fighting a UFC champion. He's going to get what he deserved, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, let's rewind and just remember this is not 2015 tyrant. Correct, correct. It's a different tyrant. Correct. And I said from that day, like the day they announced the fight, I said, if Tyron fights like he's been fighting right now Uh in the UFC, he's going to lose this. Yes. Nothing that I've seen from Fran- from Francis makes me think that he's going to go in and take that approach. He's going to go in and he's going to be sloppy. Yes, I-, I mean we'll see how sloppy he looks, but he's going to throw his hands, he and is. we know that he has powerful hands. Correct. I don't think he touches Tyson Fury. I disagree. And, with I'll, you. and another, for, for, fair enough. <laughs> and I'll tell you one thing: and God who's never seen in a person in front of you, t- someone taller than him. He's taller than Francis Ngannou. That's going to be... He's never seen Tyson that. Tyson Fury's a big guy. He's never but seen that. But you also know, like, I, I also am a little, like, a little more aggressive because I don't like Tyson Fury. I know you don't, yeah. And I uh, I wanted to see Deontay win, and I thought yeah. Deontay did win the first fight. Oh, um, I disagree again. I, I thought Deontay won the first one and then lost both the others. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, you know, I, I respect Deontay Wilder. I don't respect Tyson Fury, and I would like to see Francis beat him. But I, I m- more over than the fight itself, it's just like, dude, you can't say you're not fighting again when you have a fight booked already. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna fight Dana White. After that, he has nobody to prove. He's beat everybody. He's, when, the, he's going down in history as the best heavyweight boxer of all time. That's different than just a regular UFC champ that's retired or somebody. You know what I mean? Like, Engano's fighting the best heavyweight boxer of all time. He, you know. Don't you think that it's kind of lost that he's not going to fight Usyk? <laughs> yeah. I feel like you got to fight Usyk, and that's why I also no, feel like he's not going to no, retire. No, he, yeah, he doesn't He doesn't need to fight Usyk because Usyk is, Usyk is punching up. Usyk is so good at light heavyweight that he forced himself into the heavyweight ranks. Yeah, he's not a yeah. natural heavyweight. I feel you on that for yeah. sure. He I can just, gain weight, and he's still going to beat everybody. I just want to <laughs> see, like, okay, we all said from the beginning that we didn't care about – the Dylan White fight, like it's just, yeah. I, Dylan I get White it. Deser- he deserves it. He though. deserves it. Mm-hmm. I get it. He's earned his his shot. Mm-hmm. But everybody was like, I wish he would step aside and just mm-hmm. let's do this Usyk fight. Mm-hmm. And I still would rather see the Usyk fight if this is his last, like, WBC sanctioned bout. Yeah. You just can't tell me that this is your last fight, but hey, I'm gonna fight in October. I don't care yeah. if if you're saying that this is a WBC title fight I'm or lime, not. I'm gonna lime, I'm gonna live stream it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gonna, that's what. But that's what he's saying. He's like, you know, he's not gonna take it. That's what he's saying. He's saying like, I'm not gonna take it seriously. So if I lose, 
if I lose, I lose, and he'll take it like a champ. But you know, there's always gonna be that like he didn't take it seriously because he's saving his he's saving his own ass by saying that. Yeah, yeah. you know, just in case, just in case. I think we spent enough time on that, and we have to move on to the the more like sad. Yeah. Mm. Uh, former UFC heavyweight champion Cain Velasquez was formally charged with uh, attempted premeditated murder and multiple gun assault charges in relation to a shooting Monday night in San Jose. Velasquez is accused of targeting Harry Eugene Golarte, who is charged with molesting one of Velasquez's young relatives. Um, the charge was lewd or lascivious act upon a child under age of 14, uh, although from what we know from the news cycle, the child was under 10. Galarte's mother runs a daycare from her home where the crime occurred. The child told police that Galarte took him into the bathroom, touched his genitals, and told him not to tell anyone, and that this happened hundreds of times. The child also said that he witnessed other kids go into the bathroom with Galarte as well. Um, when Galarte uh, was able to post a cheap bail, he uh, and his father and another unidentified person were in a car. Velasquez is reported to have chased him on an 11-mile high-speed chase through San Jose, ramming the truck and then firing a 40-caliber 40, 40 handgun multiple times into the truck. Galarte's uh, 63-year-old stepfather, Paul Bender, was struck in his arm and torso, and uh, the quote from Santa Clara County DA Jeff Rosen is, the sad tragedy is that Mr. Velasquez chose to take the law into his own hands. Um, Velasquez faces 10 counts that could carry more than 20 years of jail time if he is convicted. That sucks. Hashtag free cane. Yeah. Like, I, I, once you hear the whole story, whenever I woke up and saw... Cain Velasquez arrested for attempted murder. I was like, what the fuck? Because I, I know Cain, and I would never suspect it. I was like, what has gone on here that would lead to this? And then you read this story, and you're like, oh, I wish Cain would have killed him. I wish this wasn't attempted murder. This is horrible, horrible shit. This is surreal, Josh. Uh, everybody feels the same way, I feel. Mm -hmm. We're all shocked. The guy validates being murdered the guy's a huge piece of shit we'd all be enraged too if i was their kid sadly 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 i don't know how you can go how can how can you he snapped and did this yeah and i know that we'd all snap but you have to think about the future of being a father your future i understand this guy should die I get it, but he should have thought this through. This was not a smart, not a smart idea. I that all that being said, shit's gonna come out. He's got the world on his side. I think he gets a slap on the wrist. Let's hope. First of all, um, I wanted to tell you. So Dana did his first media availability uh, for UFC 272, and they asked him, and his quote was, "I obviously feel sorry for him and his family." I don't know of the, enough of the facts to speak on it, but from what I've heard, we all say we'd do it if it happened to us, and Kane did it. And I think that's that. That's the, the we all uh, would say that, hey, you do that to my kid, I'll kill you. The unfortunate circumstance here is now Kane has been arrested and charged with attempted murder. Um, and 
the thing that I'm I'm hoping for his sake is that there's like a, a like temporary insanity thing because I I I should have looked this up and been able to reference it on the show but I remember a news story from years ago uh, when I was younger about a guy waiting outside the courthouse um, for another guy who had been charged with some kind of sexual assault with his kid the there's actually video of this and that's why it sticks in my head because I remember watching this video as like a teenager on on whatever weirdo website bombs world bombs world perfect yeah um, where the guy comes out of the courthouse, comes down the stairs, turns the corner, and the dad steps out from behind a tree and shoots him like four or five times in the chest and kills the guy. And that guy got off for temporary insanity based on the circumstances. So the 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 sad thing here is that we don't know how this is going to play out for Kane. He's mm-hmm. being held without bail right now. And, I mean... Chasing a, a car through the a, a packed city and firing so dangerous, is dude. very so dangerous. dangerous so they're definitely gonna he does make something. Him punish, they're gonna punish him somehow for sure. But I like you can't hear that story and say anything other than I'm on Kane's side. Correct. Here. I think he does a couple of years. Maybe, maybe I'm hoping not that. Like not, I, I think it's a slap God, on the. I man. think he gets a slap on the wrist at most. I think he gets a couple of years. On account of they're gonna do do like I said when when literally not one person is on the other person's side, it's a big difference. There's no like if mm-hmm. this isn't a cop thing. There's no like maybe you get a jury. You tell them that story. They're all gonna be like a eh, couple years. All right, all right, bet or 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 whatever. Yeah, I feel like there's so many people that get away with actual horrible crimes mm-hmm. and don't end up doing correct. jail time. Correct. There's gotta be some kind of. Correct. Legal way to to work around this, but it just sucks that it came to this. Even the judge isn't gonna wanna put this guy away. You know, there's no, there's nothing that wants you to put this guy away. You know what I mean? But but honestly, you can't, you cannot let, you cannot let it get to that man. I know we all say it, but we don't mean it. I know he actually went to kill. I don't know, dude. Like we, that's the thing. That's Mm -hmm. the the until someone does it to your. That's the core. Part of the argument here mm-hmm. is like the core thing here is, um, you know, what would you do? Because we've all said if that was my kid, I yeah. would kill somebody for Correct. that. And then if you snap because it has mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know. I just think you have to think from you have to be unselfish. Yes. As as the son of, a, of somebody of my father. My father spent my entire childhood in jail. I'd yeah. rather her, his, his daughter would rather him, you know, be a father for her her entire childhood and not be not be behind bars. Does that make sense? So, just to clarify, because this was a misreport going around, uh-huh. apparently, and also like they're not revealing the identity because the kid is so young. Apparently, mm-hmm. it was it was son. His son. Okay, yeah. so yeah, you know what I mean. His son's gonna want his. His son doesn't want Kane to be in jail his whole life because he killed somebody who he touched. His kid's going to be like that. Like, that's terrible. That guy should go to jail or whatever. But for for you to be in jail my entire childhood because this guy did that to me, I'd rather you be out of jail, Dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what his kid's going to want. Yeah, I feel you there. Fuck, it's The whole thing just sucks. And, you know, support to to Kane. Yeah. Um, And, man, tough week for, for AKA in general. Like, so... 
Kane and DC and all those guys, um, we support you and sending our thoughts and uh, and love your way. And hopefully things get better from here. But um, I think that's a that's enough serious talk. So yeah. I'm gonna throw us to break uh, and bring back a little more lighthearted topics here. So uh, actually, this this song that I'm gonna throw us to break with has a title that can't help but take some of the edge off slob um, on my knob <laughs> <laughs> so do you know the band belmont yeah baby so belmont has a, a project out uh called parasitic and uh, this song rips and this song is called bowser's castle let's go we'll be right back on uncultured
with you on Uncultured. That was brand new music from Scary Kids. Scaring Kids and Little Lotus called Knock It All Down. I really like uh, Little Lotus and he seems to be the kind of like breakout emo rap star that's coming up. I was just telling Josh off the mic that he just signed to Epitaph, which is weird, but cool. But really cool. Yeah, Epitaph's still like the best like punk rock label of all time in my opinion and they're finally dipping their toes into the water on this kind of like emo rap thing that's happening. So that's pretty cool. But uh Back with you on Unculture, Josh, first of all, oh, yeah, one more MMA tidbit to cover, but it's MMA adjacent. Yes. Do you ever watch Big Brother? No, never. They just wrapped Celebrity Big Brother. I saw. It was on Hulu. And did you see see who won? No, I didn't see. No, nothing. Misha Tate was the winner of Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah. I still don't know how that thing works. So I really like Big Brother, and I was going to ask you, I was going to tell you a little bit about her season uh, first, but I was going to talk to you about if you ever got into the show, because to me, that was probably like, A, that era of when it came out, Mm -hmm. that was like my window of watching reality TV shows, because I was like a younger teenager when Uh Big Brother first started. And I loved the show. And then throughout the years from working in different industries, including um, my my work in the wrestling world, I've met a bunch of the people that were on the show before. Like a lot of people have like got their start on Big Brother and people just lo- loved them so much that they carried on with it. So like um, Jesse Goddard's Mr. Pectacular in pro wrestling started on Big Brother and they bring him back all the time as like a special like guest because the fans love him so much. So I always thought the show was cool, but Misha, basically, so what they do on Celebrity Big Brother, um, with non-Celebrity Big Brother, it's a longer period of time. Celebrity Big Brother, 30 days, you go into the house, no phone, no internet, no connection to the outside world, cameras, like hundreds, if not thousands of cameras in the house that you're living in, so everywhere you go, uh, you have zero privacy. The only place you can go that's private is in the shower, or in the bathroom uh, unless you go in with another person. Then they'll turn the cameras on on you. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. the rule of the yeah. house because, like, oh, they're, are they plotting? Are they hooking up? Like, what do they do? Yeah. So 
they condense the show down. They air the show a bunch, actually. They air the show on television during Big Brother season like four times a week or three times a week or something crazy. So they air a lot of it. But you can go, if you're like a Big Brother super fan, you can subscribe to the cameras in the house. Oh, I heard about and that. And you can go on and turn the cameras on in whatever room you want to see what's happening in. And you could just watch them 24-7. That's so bizarre, but so amazing if you're a super fan because... As you know, the only reality TV show I watch is Love Island UK, specifically. <laughs> only the UK one. You know how I fuck with them over there. If I had a chance to go and look at the cameras, I would. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, okay, imagine me in a very small town in Virginia with nothing to do, but I like this show, and I have access to my parents' credit card, and it's like 30 bucks or whatever, and then I can watch the entire season Anytime I want. So I could just be sitting up on my computer. I'll be like, hey, what are they doing in the Big Brother house right now? And you get really like, if that is your thing, you get really into it. Because you can literally watch them live. You can watch the... Can you listen? Yeah. No way. Everything. Everything. That sounds amazing. They're always mic'd. Cameras are always on. And, you know, the the I don't know how it works now because I haven't done it in a while. But it was like... If there are people in that room, you can turn all of that room's cameras on and watch them live um, because there's a bunch of rooms in the house. So if there's like empty rooms, then it doesn't really matter. But yeah. the producers are working 24-7 and are like, hey, people are in this room. People are in that room. They're filming all the rooms. And I'm sure they have data that shows what room people are watching the most. And then they'll see who's in that room and they'll see that those people are more of the favorites. So they'll show more of that, I'm sure, on the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pretty interesting. Yeah, it's actually, that it, to me always was what was interesting about it as I got older and started thinking about the process of the show. Because you can, you have a really devoted fan base that are watching this 24-7. So you can start to see what they're reacting to and then package that for the show. It's like perfect. Perfect. Yeah, because all of the other reality shows, you kind of like take what you you take all of the footage back in-house after the show's done, and then you kind of create the storylines and figure out how you're going to lay the show out mm -hmm. and get to the finale. You could do this in real time because mm -hmm. you have people who are actually watching it in real time as it's being filmed. Mm -hmm. I, I always thought it was a cool show. And Jesse Goddard always has told me, he was like, the producers love me, dude. If you wanted to go on the show, Yo, that'd be I sick. could help you get the audition to go on. And he was like, they would take you on. But it's always it came at such a late point in my adult life that I was like, um, there's no way. Because if you're not on Celebrity Big Brother, it's uh, 60 days. It's two months. So imagine having me having to call everybody I work with and be like, hey, for two months, you're not going to be able to reach me at all. I'm at going all. on Big Brother. It's so <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. It's too, the time has passed. Misha. Uh, made it to the finale and won the jury vote. So whenever you, so this is the other thing that's interesting. They'll do, um, you know, weekly vote somebody out. Then once you once you get to the second half of the season, the people that get voted out become the jury for the finale. Like Survivor. Yeah, and so like if you fuck somebody over, they ain't gonna vote for you in the finale. I love it. So Misha won the vote seven to one against the the person that she was in the finale with. Does the name Todrick Hall mean anything to Todrick, you? Todrick, yeah. I, I didn't know who he was, but that was who went to the finale with her that she oh, beat. Oh, shit. Yeah. Dude. So she beat Todrick Hall 7-1. to one. The season also had Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC. Yo. 
uh, Todd Bridges, Carson Kressley from Queer Eye, Chris Catan, Lamar Odom, like a bunch of people. I it was actually fire. Did Santa mean Chris Catan didn't win the whole thing? Yeah, I want to. I didn't see. I didn't. I don't pay as close of attention because I just don't have the time to these days. But I could not see him lasting very long in that house. <laughs> that seems like it's doomed from the beginning. Oh man, what? So beyond your current obsession with Love Island UK, uh-huh. what other reality shows did you like as a kid? Like, did you ever want to be on reality shows? Of course, bro. You know, Real World Road Rules, dude. Yeah, that dude. was it. And if you got that back in the day, you could still do that today. They're still. I don't, I don't, <laughs> wa- I don't watch the challenge, but I see the commercial and I always go, oh, that's sad. The challenge to me, like, I always thought uh, the f- first, like, five seasons of the challenge, it, I had still been in the real-world road rules course, bubble, and so course. I watched all of that, and I was like, man, what a gig. What a gig. Imagine being fucking Johnny Bananas yeah. in 2022 and still being on TV. Dude from fucking Boston <laughs> with, like, fucking, that's good at, like, nothing besides lifting weights. And it's like on this shit every fucking year. Yeah, it's awesome. But I'm like, I think yo, it's like, so funny. I know, I can't believe it because I'm like, yo, like, like you said, the first couple of years, the, the, the challenge was the best. Yeah. CT fighting everybody and shit. The dude had some, this is back in the 2000s. That dude had some serious, serious he issues. Was geared up. Looking back, the dude had some <laughs> serious issues. But you know, I always used to watch the show because at the time I was like, you know what, like, let's say I was like eight, obviously I was younger. It started earlier, but you know, still watching it 18, 19, 20 during like my fight days, dude. And I'd be like, yo, I was single. I love to be in that show, dude. Yeah. I love to fuck CT up, dude. That was my dream. Because I'm like this little, you know, this little fucking kid that no one would expect to fucking kick him in the fucking head. And a wrestler. And I watched the challenges. And I'm like, yo, these guys would lose to a little wrestler like me, dog. You know what's funny? Uh, hearing that that dichotomy of the situation and then on the inverse of that, I loved CT. <laughs> I was like, yeah, CT's going to beat everybody up. Yes, I definitely <laughs> would have been friends with the motherfucker, but just I, he needs to know, you come at me, I'm going to choke you out, bro. You don't want to be choked on national television. You know who never went back? Who? The Miz. Yeah, he blew up. <laughs> the Miz got too big for it. Never Yo, went back. That's crazy. They brought him back as like the reunion host a couple of times Perfect. because they couldn't afford him to come do the show. Good for him. He but was the favorite. He was probably. You think the Miz is the biggest? Has to be the biggest star in real world road rules history. Yes, yes. The Miz yes. or Theo Vaughn. <laughs> that's right. Theo Vaughn. That's was, right. Theo Vaughn was he on the? I think he was New on New Orleans. The, oh, he was on New Orleans. Because I thought he was for some reason. I thought he because he was road rules and not real world. And so. Real world. No, I think he was. I thought Real he world, was New Orleans. Rules. Yeah, New Orleans. Because I thought Theo. Was, he always had the country hat, the country hat, cowboy hat. I gotta look this up because I always thought he was on um, maybe the Road Rules in Australia. Yeah, so Theo Vaughn was on Road Rules Maximum Velocity Tour. It was. Um, it took place mostly in the southern areas of the United States and in South Africa. So he was not on Real World. He New wasn't Orleans. on that. It's funny because I who was that. I was talking with somebody about it, and they said Real World New Orleans, and I was like, I don't remember him on that one because I remember, I remember them, I remember them being in New Orleans clearly, and I don't remember him. But I'm glad you clarified that up. Also, fun side bit here: Theo Vaughn's actual last name is Von Kernatowski. No way. Yeah, shit. I can see why he goes by Theo Vaughn. That's way easier. Yeah, easy. Uh, but yeah, I loved that show too. I always wanted uh, actually. The Miz's season, the Back to New York real world, that yeah. was my favorite one. That was a really good season. Or um, or Seattle, where Steven snapped 
and smacked that girl. I forget her name now, but you remember she was, they had been arguing and Steven opened the door to her car and Yo. smacked her in the face. We had never seen anything Yo, like that before. What was that one where those two people kept fighting? That guy, Wes, the season with Wes. Yeah, Wes always tried to fight fucking everybody. Was that everybody. Australia too? Was that Australia? I think Wes was might have been New Orleans, and then Wes was the one that, for like multiple seasons on the challenge, was trying to fight CT. Yeah, and I was like, Wes, CT will fucking kill you, yo, bro. That, yo. CT was on the juice. Yes, but Wes is my fav was my favorite because he always won. Remember that season that he won he the did. whole season? He was always actually good. At he it. found the loophole. <laughs> he found the loophole that year with that one girl who didn't that little the the the. She was, like, very petite, and she never wanted to do, do anything, so he literally was, like, he would carry all the stuff and just walk the whole oh, thing. Yeah. They never stopped to do the puzzles. Yeah. They found the loophole. So every time someone, every week, they'd always vote Wes and that girl to go that. in. Yeah. yeah. That girl at the challenge, she, like, wouldn't do it, and Wes would be, like, if you don't want to do this challenge, are you going to do good in the, in, the, in, the, in the other thing? And she'd be, like, yeah, yeah, I'll do good later. And then he'll go, and they'll win it, and they'll, they beat everybody that entire yeah. season. That was that was true. Wes was actually good at all the little challenges. He's good, athletic cat, <laughs> hockey players. Yeah, yeah, true. I, I, I'm sure now because they actually cast people to be on the challenge. Like I, I don't know how many of the old school guys still do it, but I, you know, I loved that show at the time. All I know, there. I know a bunch of the like Johnny Bananas and those kind of dudes are always still on it. But um, I, I kind of lost interest when they started casting like new people yeah. from other from never being on yeah. Real World. I don't know. I don't know you guys. I don't know you people. I want to move on from that though, um, and and ask you if you heard the news about Gary Payton because I have some interesting audio to play for you. No, Josh, tell me. So Gary Payton was on Vlad TV uh, doing a, an interview with DJ Vlad, and there is a clip that is going pretty viral that I thought you would be interested in. But Shaq, we used to always play um, jokes. Yeah. Shaq is a jokester. Oh, yeah. So if one of the rookies would be in a stall, he would take a bucket and use the bathroom in it for about a week. Okay. And then all of a sudden he'll pour it on them. So <laughs> You heard that right. So Shaq would haze rookies by... There was a piss bucket in the, in the locker room, and he would wait until they go into the stall and dump it over on top of rookies while they were in there. That is disgusting, Josh. That might be the greatest thing that I've ever heard. I would be so upset if I was the person getting that dumped on, but... In like hindsight, imagining Shaq do this because Shaq is just funny with everything he does. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> Josh, do you, do you want to know what we did in uh, in wrestling to the rookies? I was I was gonna I wanted this to lead into you telling me how you hazed poor teenagers. Yeah, I have this very I have this very specific moment in my head. I remember this day vividly. We went on this trip to North Carolina. And it was, you know, we're from Miami. And you took your shirt off and waved it around your head like a helicopter. Yes. <laughs> Stand up. <laughs> and uh, we went on this trip with a bunch of rookies. And, you know, I was in, I was a, I failed a couple of years. So I was 18. <laughs> so the coach would get, there was like two coaches and then me. So two coaches will each get a room. Plus I get my own room. I got to ask you really quick. Yeah. You were not an 18 year old freshman. No. <laughs> 
like a junior. <laughs> I wanted to make sure. No, no. I, I wanted to because you said that pretty quick, and I was yeah. like, I, he needs to clarify. No, I think I was like 18, like junior year or some shit. So we 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 were so they like each coach got their own room, and then I got like my room, my own room, and yeah. everybody wanted to be in my room because I'm still I'm still a fucking wrestler. I'm, I wasn't a coach, <laughs> and you could buy smokes for him. Yes, buy some <laughs> smokes. So my room, everybody wanted to be in my room. So my room was a fun room. But it was the fucking danger room. That's where everybody would get hazed if you were new. So what we did specifically is we watched something on TV, and then we invite everybody to come in and watch it. And but we already talked about who we're gonna grab, and we did it like one by one from people from other rooms. And they would come in, and we show them something on the TV, and then I do a countdown, and we grab them, take their clothes off, Josh, <laughs> put Bengay on their balls. Oh, oh no! Throw them in the shower. And then throw them outside in the cold. <laughs> and that's what we did. Man. See, this is the thing. I think I would way rather have Shaq dump a, a week old bucket of pee on me <laughs> than have that happen. Yo, it was it was one kid slept with a clothes hanger and one eye open in his hand. I'll never forget. But you know what, dude? The thing with Shaq's pee... You know, if you use up my pee, I drink a shitload of water. I eat good. My pee, you can put ice on it and drink it. It's water. Shaq does not have clean No, pee. he does not, dude. That shit's <laughs> soda. That shit's probably dark and hot and smells. It's oh. been sitting there for a week, bro. And you know, because we know this about Shaq, because he tells us that he didn't eat clean. He ate fast food. He was like, that was disgusting. Yeah, this sounds, this sounds like Miami Heat, Miami Heat Shaq. Yeah, because that's the only thing that I thought, too. I don't think he would have been allowed because we all know, like, what a dickhead, like, militant player Kobe was in the locker room. I don't think he would have been allowed to, to pour urine on people there. So it had to have been He Miami. was the king of Miami. <laughs> he, bet. That's that's funny, which is why him and Kobe didn't get along, I bet. Yeah, probably, because Shaq is like a jokester, and Kobe was like hardline, like, no, the only thing we care about is playing fucking basketball. Yeah. And, you know, um, yeah. I, I, I love Shaq, man. Shaq's, what, a, what a guy. Shaq's, Shaq's like a true legend. You know what? It, there's two people that we have just decided in, like, pop culture that we'll accept any anything you have to give us. Mm-hmm. You can you you're good in all hoods. <laughs> all hoods. And it's Shaq and it's Snoop. That's Snoop it. can do whatever he wants, and everybody's like, "Yeah, Snoop, we love you." Yeah. Like Snoop was on the big corporate thing. So think about this. We talk about you mentioned it earlier. We talk about cancel culture sometimes. Mm-hmm. On the Super Bowl broadcast, yeah, <laughs> you have a man who is a known gang member who was on trial for allegedly murdering someone mm-hmm. doing throwing up the crip sign crip walking on the big like corporate family yeah. sports event yeah there are just people that we'll <laughs> let everything fly from yeah and, and it's Shaq and it's snoop you think even if it's yes because even my mj the great if, if MJ starts crip walking on national television, yeah. people are gonna ask some questions. If, if okay, they're in Chicago. If if MJ is banging black disciples on the court, people are gonna have a different response to that. Yeah, dude, but Snoop wearing all blue, and you know everybody, even like grandmas on home. Oh, look at Snoop dancing. Yeah, not knowing what he's doing. Yeah, uh, you know what? I I think this might have been Andrew Schultz. Somebody had a joke about this where they were like. Um, 
you realize that Snoop was on a national TV show with Martha Stewart, yep. and she was the one that went to jail. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that joke. But we're going to get out of here and come back with some uh, weird news to take us home. You're listening to Uncultured, and this is brand new music from Josiah and Jaden. It's called Earthquake. We'll be right back. You want me to fix you, but I can't fix myself. You said, babe, I miss you, like it's a cry for help. Do you want me to stay? Do you want me to go? I think I'm going out of my mind. You want me to fix you, but I can't fix myself. you <laughs> 
up, it's a curse And I can't with you on uncultured back with you on uncultured that was sueco with loser which is uh one of josh's favorites right now and that's a dope song um but yeah we were talking off mic about uh the whole kind of revival that's happening in dta records travis barker's new label and what i wanted to ask you because i i listened to the album but i didn't put anything on the playlist because it didn't really stick out to me that way there's some good songs on it did you listen to the new avril album you know what? Nicole played it in the crib the other day, and um, I listened to it, and I was I was head bopping. But with her new stuff, to be honest, I have not been in love with. So I thought that there was some like cool styled songs. I'll like listen the, to it. The single um, "Bite Me," like it's a cool, well written song. Mm-hmm. What I don't like, and I was actually talking to someone about this yesterday. What I don't like is I think that she has, like, such a great natural voice, and it sounds all throughout the album. I don't know why they mixed this like this, but they, like, pitched her up, so she sounded more, like, pop-punk nasally. Yes. I didn't like that. You know what, Josh? Have you heard of the conspiracy theory behind Avril Lavigne? That that they replaced her with they another— replaced her? I don't believe with it. Melissa. Yeah, I definitely don't believe it. It's definitely not true. But it's definitely not true, but it's, de- but it's because of the voice thing that people question. She has such a beautiful— beautiful singing voice but i think that for what she's trying to do because she's trying to appeal to younger people they're making her sound like her chorus all the time yeah yeah right because she has like a cool voice that goes to a lot of different places and then on the new album it's that straight high like pitched up clearly Mm -hmm. like edited pitched up vocal and i'm like she has a cool singing voice just let her sing yeah she did that she came back to the scene with that with that with that popular song with mod son who's her boyfriend yeah flames uh, That's a, I, I like that song i like what mod son is doing i was never like a big mod son fan yeah but over the last like year mm-hmm. he's i guess working with like john feldman and some good writers and M- stuff mgk yeah and, and like stuff. doing some cool music yeah he he ever since they they've been together you know kind of they're a good fit for each other you know what i mean yeah um but yeah her stuff has been more on the pop punk side which you know i like pop punk but they're still aligned with me and but my 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 girl loves loves avril avril can't be doing no wrong and she loves her new stuff i was supposed to see avril live right before the pandemic started so Mm -hmm. i'll definitely go see her live like i'll definitely it's avril dude it's fucking avril yeah um but yeah let's uh let's let me give you some weird news to get us out of here for this week so um a burglar arrested this week um, had a pretty unique excuse, and I wanted to see if you would give anybody a pass for this. Christopher Samuel, 22, was picked up by Louisiana police on Wednesday evening. Police were responding to a call about a man pulling on door handles in the parking lot of an apartment complex, and when they arrived, they sparred, spotted him leaving the parking lot. So they go over and, uh, and start talking to him. A witness told officers that he observed Samuel trying to enter multiple vehicles before he actually got into a Chevy truck. Um, this arrest occurred at 2.29 a.m., so late in the night. Um, when the cops confronted him, he admitted that he did go, go into that truck. But what he told them was, 
I was sleepwalking. Despite this excuse, this great excuse, he uh, has been arrested and faces 12 years in prison for felony burglary charges. Uh, yeah, bro. You're a burglar. You don't think he could, like, be sleepwalking? Because I'll tell you this. I, in my youth, I had, like, night terrors, uh-huh. and I would sleepwalk sometimes, and I had definitely, like, once pretty scary, um, I was in my uh, parents' first house. It was a two-story house, and my bedroom was upstairs. Mm-hmm. And I woke up hitting the bottom of the steps because no I had slept, walked, and fell down the steps. Um, and there was a few times as a kid that I would wake up in different parts of the house outside of my bedroom where I was like, okay, well, clearly I got here somehow. And that's where we're getting I was about to ask you before you told me that story, how far did you get? Yeah. And you never left your crib. I didn't leave the house, no. <laughs> Dude, left, dude. <laughs> and burglarized. I guess I guess my number one question would be like, hey, where do you live? Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, there's, there's that famous girl on TikTok that she sleepwalks like crazy. Still doesn't leave the house. You know, some people, it's been said that they leave the house, but this is like pushing it. It's funny that you fell on the stairs. That was a big worry of mine because I used to very unoccasionally sleepwalk and I slept Busted my ass just like you where I just woke up on the ground of my bathroom screaming because my knee was swollen because I I was sleepwalking. I busted my ass. Yeah, I thinking back on how many stairs that I went down because this was like a big mountain house. And so it was thing I I wouldn't know offhand, but I would say at least 15, 20 stairs. Like it goes up and it turns a corner. Did you have one of those? Like, like no, it just was the second floor was built on after the house was originally bent. So it was like super lofty. Oh, wow. So it was like a long staircase. My fear after that day was falling down my stairs because I too was on the second floor. But you went all the way down and then fell on the last step down. So that's what I I don't know for sure. I woke up like, you know, whenever, uh, um, what's the Deer Deck show? Ridiculousness. Uh-huh. You know when they talk about the scorpion? The scorp. You scorped? I scorpion. No way. That's I woke terrible. Up, like, oh, my God. And I'm like, fuck. If, oh. if I had fell wrong landing like that asleep i gotta like broke my neck or Yo, broke my back broke or something fucking yeah neck. i mean even scorpion you could break your fucking neck, yeah dude. totally and so i it always baffles me that i wasn't like more hurt from wow. that but yeah i went completely it had to be 15 stairs so yeah that guy's a fucking burglar and he's going to jail <laughs> for that entire time yeah and if you're if you're if, if there's 12 years on you then you did something else that means you're probably not a good guy yeah it's a lot of years bro <laughs> Um, a Florida or a lawyer was arrested this week in St. Pete. Wow. Just one that we know of? <laughs> I was going to ask you to let the people know about St. Pete. Yeah, dude. St. Pete's up there. It's Florida. It's up. Kelly Elkins, 49 years old, entered the Beach Lounge in St. Petersburg on Friday night at 2.15 a.m. Elkins was pretty intoxicated, and so the bar staff informed her that they would not serve her because she was too drunk. Um, which has happened to everybody, you know, big deal. Elkins got up angry and said she was going to go to the restroom before she left. About three minutes later, the lawyer emerged from the bathroom completely naked, had taken all of her clothes what? off, and began screaming. Oh. And she refused to get dressed multiple times to the bar staff. And so they called the cops. What else are you going to do? Uh, she was arrested while naked because she. when the cops got there, 
she was coached by the police multiple times to put on her clothes. The best they could get her to do is put on a zip-up hoodie but not zip it up. <laughs> so she was just wearing it. Just wearing it? No no bottoms, unzipped zip-up hoodie. That's all she's got on. Wow. Winnie the Pooh but unzipped in the front. <laughs> <laughs> she was placed under arrest in front of uh, multiple people and uh, has been charged with drunken disorderly behavior and released under her own recognizance. She's also one of St. Pete's, like, highest-selling real estate agents. Wow. <laughs> not, not a surprise, uh, weirdly, as that sounds. Not a surprise. We'll keep it in Florida for this one. A Florida man called the police on his girlfriend after realizing that she wasn't just trying to be kinky. Uh, we asked you last week about your kinky preferences. Uh-huh. And this guy, a uh, 40-year-old man, his name has been withheld in the police report. Mm-hmm. But 40 years old, dating a 21-year-old. So already you're, you're both kind of fucked in the head, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, they had been to a music festival, and he was returning home with his 21-year-old girlfriend, Nicole Onkyu. Uh, they were returning to their Largo home Monday morning and got into an argument when Onkyu could not find her phone. They eventually found the phone, but the man said that she remained angry. Um, Ankyu then began to slap him on the arms and back. The man told police that he, quote, believed the defendant was being rough like Fifty Shades of Grey, but then she became more aggressive. <laughs> so, A, already, I'm like, she's slapping you. What do you think is happening? Like, yeah. But it, that, he, his quote to the police, this is confirmed in their police report, was that... <laughs> I thought she was getting rough like Fifty Shades of Grey. She continued to strike and scratch him hard enough to cause a sizable lump on his head and large scratches that were bleeding along his back. He told Nicole, I'm seeing stars, baby. (laughs) I'm seeing stars to try to get her to stop. She continued to pummel him. (laughs) So he had to get his phone out and call police while being beat up still. Until police got there and rescued him. What? <laughs> I'm like, how is she? I don't. I saw her mugshot. She's not a big lady. She was definitely like drunk. But I just want to know since they withheld his name and there's no photo of him, I want to know what this guy looks like that this girl. And they and she had like the butterfly paint on it. It clearly been at aye, like an EDM aye. kind of festival thing. Aye, aye. How is this little girl beating him up? You know, when when you're a man and a, and, a, and a girl hits you and you were raised right, you, you're not gonna hit her back. You so don't you kinda hit just, back. You kind of just take it. I have definitely taken a few shots. Yes, there was a girl that I dated. The last girl I dated in New York City, um, and the only girlfriend that I don't talk to in hindsight, um, she would get drunk and like want to fight and. Uh, our buddy Jason Ellis has told this story before about him and his ex-wife. But I knew at the point, okay, if I just let her land a clean one, then she'll leave me alone. So (laughs) I would just hang my head out there and let her like get a good one on. And then we were done. And I was like, okay, I can, I can, I know that if I do that, then it's over. Yeah. So yes, you're right. But She's not going to climb on top of me and yeah. pummel me. Yeah, where, where you have, like, welts. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm like, okay, yeah. wait a second. She's 21. He's 40. Yeah. He's probably old as balls, dude. <laughs> if you're 40 and don't take care of yourself, it's different. You probably look 60. See, I always assume that if you're 40 and you're pulling a 21-year-old, that you're probably, like, an in-shape 40, but who knows? 
No, it's also the other way. He goes for the 21 year old that has daddy issues. Mm, so she wants yeah. like that older man, and he's just like a fucking creep that goes with her to fucking music festivals, probably gives her drugs and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, she, if, if she, she probably molly whopped him. She That's what happened. Bro, that was a molly whopping <laughs> if I've ever heard of one. On um, cue was arrested for domestic battery and awaits her court date. She had previously been arrested for domestic battery last year for pushing her brother in the face. I want to know more about that, but I yeah. I, I want to know that it was more than just like the, uh, you know, like stupid shove that every girl has done to a guy she's arguing with. Yeah. I want to know it's more than that. Otherwise, I'm like free the homie. Like, Yo, for real. <laughs> A Wisconsin woman, this is the last one for the day, a Wisconsin woman was arrested after going full Fifty Shades Grey and kind of like praying mantis vibes here. Like actually? Yeah. Taylor Shabiznis from Green Bay, Wisconsin, she's 24 years old, was spending a night with her boyfriend doing the fun things that couples like to do. Josh, you are in a very committed relationship you're going to, I think you're going to agree with this. The most fun things you can do as a couple, have sex and smoke meth. Oh, wait, hold up. Hold up. Yeah, they were having, they were smoking meth and having like a sex party for themselves. They were getting really kinky and into it. Were, were they from St. Pete? <laughs> <laughs> Green Bay, Wisconsin. So uh, different part of the country, but same vibe. Same vibe. <laughs> uh, Taylor told police that her and her 25-year-old boyfriend uh, had been smoking meth, and they decided to go back to the boyfriend's mom's house on Saturday night and bone. Uh, she said that they were having sex, quote, with chains. With, like, on their on their neck? So they were they were going Fifty Shades of Grey. They were going with it with the chains. Uh, Taylor said that um, because of the meth, she blacked out and started going crazy and choking the man. She, her quote, I didn't mean to harm him, but I did enjoy choking him. So Fifty Shades of Grey yeah, vibes. Okay. Yeah. Here's where it goes praying mantis vibes. Police were called to the home after the mother calls and said, hey, there was a, a loud uh, door slam in the house. I got up to see what the commotion was about, and I found my son's head in a bucket. Josh, what? Head off, decapitated by the chains. Josh, how? The girl was pulling, Me just like... Methed up and just fucking... You know, um, you're going to know the name for this, but you know the workout that, that uh, I do when I'm training where I take yeah. the cables and pull yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. That is what I'm imagining. Chains she being pulled. Old mafia, uh, was it the cheese? Yeah. The, what's that cheese, the cheese saw? Yeah, exactly. Like that, straight up. Took his head clean off. Wow. Um, what the fuck? Police entered the home and discovered the man's penis in another bucket. Oh, I read up. I saw this. And his legs in a crock pot. That was my quest. That was my next one. I was going to say, is it the legs in the crock pot, lady? Because I bet you have the same question that I do. How big of a fucking crock pot do you have yes. to fit some human legs in it? You got the good kind. Yeah. I I, I don't. What? I what saw are that. you making at the holidays? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I didn't know she was on meth. I mean, that, it makes more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. So police then arrested Taylor after learning that she was the last person to be with the man while he was still alive. When they asked her what happened, she said, quote, that's a good question. 
Yeah, she was messed out. Doesn't <laughs> fucking remember it even, I bet. She has been charged with first-degree intentional homicide, mutilating a corpse, and third-degree sexual assault. Her bail has been set at $2 million. You know what? That Her killing somebody saved her life, if you think about it. I mean, it's probably going to put her in prison for the rest of her life. Yeah, but yeah. it saved her life. She'll be alive. Oh, man. She's going to die in prison. Imagine imagine being the mom, though. No. Obvi- oh, my what, God. Number one is if you're having meth-fueled chain sex at your mom's house, <laughs> your mom's probably some some kind of weirdo, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But fucking Poor hell. Like, dude. coming out of your bedroom from being asleep and finding your son's head in a bucket. I know. And then she's fucking literally, like, sipping on some stew and finds a shoelace in there. And it's like, wait a second. <laughs> That's what I'm Where are his legs? And you know, to have a big enough crock pot... <laughs> <laughs> to fit some legs in, that's expensive. Yo. That's, she gotta, she's now like, not only is my son dead, I got to buy another crock pot of this size. <laughs> this is going to cost me $700. Yo, she was probably like, I wonder how human tastes. We've all been there. We've all thought it. <laughs> I just I can't get over that there were human legs in it. Because, Josh, you know me. You know I like to make some soups. You know in the uh-huh. winter I like to make some chilies. Mm-hmm. I have a crock pot. Yeah. There is no way on earth. One human leg is fitting in it. She was like, turkey legs, delicious. Imagine some human legs. Also, the other thing that I wonder about some of these stories, how come every time the girl gets really, like, drug crazy and kills the guy, why does she always cut his penis off and put it somewhere? Yeah, there's, there, there's, I don't Weird know what it is. built up issues somewhere mm-hmm. in your psyche that that's mm-hmm. the first thing that you come to is, I'm going to cut this penis off. Well, murder at all, you know what I mean? Like, yo. But if you accidentally, like, Swiss cheese to the dude with the chains and took his head off, I'd be like, oh, God, like, I accidentally killed him. I'd be freaked out over that. I wouldn't be like, well, let me get his legs off. Let me cut his dick off. I want to know in what order. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Right. They should ask her that. She ain't going to remember probably. I would assume, like, penis head legs. Also, oh, my God. Take the head. If if she, uh, let's assume she's hanging him with the chains. Yeah. And the head comes off, and the body drops. Oh, let's man. let's let's hope he was dead before the head came off. It has. I to. feel like she probably cut his cut his dick. He passed out, and oh. then she and then she cut his because it's it it, it makes yeah. more sense. Because yeah. if you go for the neck, the dude's gonna start clawing at her or something. But see, here's the thing: she mm-hmm. said that she was choking him with the chains, so that implies that she had the head first. Maybe he passed out. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he was, like, into it, passed out, and she just kept going and then chopped it. Oh, my God, dude. We, they need to let us come to the courtroom and, like, ask the real questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Be like, what was your thought process? Yeah. Whenever you had the head coming off, mm-hmm. what did you decide, hey, I got to dispose of this now? Like, yeah. that, And then you started trying to hack up the rest mm-hmm. of it? The legs in the crock pot, did you use a broth? Did you season it? <laughs> What, what, where were you going with this? Did you think to get did you get the chicken stock out to like what what was the base here? Did you try it before the cops got there? Yeah, was it good? Where the fuck do you put a crock pot that big I, in your I, house? Josh, I'm gonna go on that Amazon. That has to be like a, you know the the cold plunges. That has to be like a cold plunge size crock pot to fit some legs in it. Yeah, I thought the, I thought crock pots were all kind of the same size. Yeah, I crock mean, pot size. You get like varying like, do you need it for twelve people or eight yeah. people? It's but like an yeah. oval. Yeah. Was he a was he a tiny person? That's. <laughs> were you dating a little person? Because <laughs> that now now so much things make more sense. Yeah, because if it is a little person. 
then yeah, okay. I still don't know how the chains can cut through bone. Mm, yeah. You, you think that somebody would have to... Okay, well, here's here's where my mind goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got no real heavy-duty bones here. People get decapitated all the time because that bone in your neck is actually, like, quite soft, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how, like, you know, if, if when you see those, like, Final Destination scary things where the, like, branch from the tree will come off and go through the car and take people's heads off, mm-hmm. that can come off. That makes sense to me. Cutting through the leg, we've all watched those gnarly videos of dudes getting knee surgeries on the internet. You know, you you've seen a guy do that, and you've seen how they have to hack at that. Hack thing. at that shit. Did she sit there with like a saw and take the legs off? Man, had to have. Had to be a saw. Crazy. Or does meth give you? I, there's there's a drug. Is it crack that gives PCP you the PCP? That gives you the, the superhuman. superhuman strength. Yeah. Yeah. I was at a, a bouncer but, one time, and I had to subdue somebody, hold them down. And I was in my prime, and, and I could not hold this person down. And then two of the people came in and held this person down, and that person was, like, moving us. Yeah. Because they yeah. were on some shit. Well, they, there's a bunch of stories from police officers who have talked about how they've, like, shot a dude 12 times in the chest who's on PCP and just keeps walking to them like the Terminator wow. because they have, like, that superhuman thing. It's like bath salts. Where'd that go? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they stopped selling them. Like, think about the last time you went into a store and could scoop up the bath salts and, you You're know. Right. They stopped selling them for the most part. I'm just, I know that I still once in a while will see a bath salts headline, but, like, they don't, you go to Whole Foods, they don't have the big tubs of no, bath salts anymore. They're coming in the balls already. Yeah. Hmm. Can't, people can't be trusted. Can't be trusted. You got to buy the rock, take it home, smash it up now. Let us know what you think this girl did to help us complete this. And, hey, if you happen to be listening in the Green Bay area and you can go to the hearings for this, we would love your help in getting some of these questions. Yes, can you live stream it? Yeah. Ask our questions for us and report back. (laughs) That has been Uncultured for this week. Um, We're going to close it out how we always do. Josh, what's your pick of the week? Man, pick of the week, Josh. This song, you said it's an old school daddy Yankee song but it's redone by these two producers bm legacy and radar la nota these guys are like unknowns they just have remixed like other songs by don oman that's what they do but they remix this song but they put a like even a better beat on top of it and this song is going to be a fucking banger for down in miami in the summer bet on it it's called donde mi no venga it's got that old school warehouse party vibe where you know People are just just ass shaking and people are just sweating. This this will remind you of that. So enjoy. Let's go. Lord have mercy, hear me now. Come on now. Don't let me know, no venga. Si quieres ser mi perdona ahora. Y dice, don't let me know, no venga. Si quieres ser mi perdona ahora. Y dice, don't let me know, no venga. Si quieres ser mi perdona ahora. Y dice, don't let me know, no venga. Si quieres ser mi perdona ahora. Y dice, ¿te me entiendes cuando yo le canto a mi Dios?
Culture. That was Josh P's pick of the week, Daddy Yankee. Uh, what was the name of that track again? What was it? No, you, 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 <laughs> you read it. <laughs> Donde don me no venga, which means like, where I'm at, like, like, don't come at me. See, I feel like I could say the first bit fine, and then I feel like with my accent trying to pronounce the last bit, I might get canceled for that. That's Don. That's Don de Mi no Venga by Daddy Yankee. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna play mine now, and we'll get out of here. And again, we will figure out getting you a show. But uh, your boy's heading to Honolulu, so we won't be back with you next week, probably. But we'll see you all soon. This is the Home Team, uh, pop punk band out of Seattle, and what I was saying to Josh about this band is I really like the singer in it. Um, I think he has cool like R&B style vocals and I really like the melody of the song. It's called Watching All Your Friends Get Rich. We'll be back with you on Uncultured. Oh, what's worse? Sitting on your front steps Watching all your friends get rich Oh, waking up With an emptiness in your chest Knowing 